0: Welcome to the Painting Experience Podcast for December 2014. On the podcast, founder Stuart Cubley explores the potential of the emerging field of process arts and shares inspiration from his ongoing workshops and retreats. This episode asks, what happens when something new appears in your painting, or your life? Allowing what may be at first uncomfortable can lead you in surprising and rewarding directions.
1: I'd like to talk about the phenomena of the inner critic. It seems like I keep coming back to this uh, time and time again, but it's really quite a fascinating part of the painting experience process. It's one that's really unavoidable, and maybe that's why I find it uh, so fascinating, because in my nearly 40 years of working with people, working with myself, I see that there's no way around it. That the inner critic shows up. There's times, there's moments, sometimes extended periods of real dissatisfaction with the content of the painting and the look and the design and the feeling and blah, blah, blah. We get into incredible uh, judgment around what shows up on that page. And this is not random. This is not something to be just swept under the rug. I think many people are familiar with the inner critic and understand the, kind of the role of judgment and so on, but even knowing that we can often f- feel like we're coping with it. We're we we we're waiting for it to pass. We, we try to ignore it or not give it energy and to know that it's not our true selves but it's something that we just have to let Have its way for a while. I think there's much more to it than this. I think that the arrival of the inner critic is really pointing at something. And as I've spoken about in other podcasts, these are really potentially transformational moments. If we really look at what's happening when we find ourselves judging so strongly, something comes up to us in the painting that's really unacceptable. And if we look at what's really happening, the new has presented itself to us. The painting process is really playing on the boundary of the personal and the impersonal. The the boundary line between that self that we know and are familiar with and that larger dimension, which we are really not in control of. And the painting is really a play on the boundary of that interface. And so when we find ourselves in a very judgmental place, it's often because something from that other side has expressed itself, has manifested, has come into the painting. And of course, the small self, the little me, finds it un- unwanted. It's like, out of here. No way. You do not belong. We treat it as a foreign object, almost. It's it's as though something that really doesn't belong there has shown up, and so we, we get armored. We find ourselves hardening around it, and very harsh judgments show up in which we become defended, and we start f- contriving ways in which to get rid of it. Like we're going to cover it up, or we're going to fix it, or we're going to abandon the painting and start over. And we have all sorts of strategies for protecting ourselves against that which is truly new. And for me, that's what's happening in these moments. And i become so curious about them over the years because they, they show up again and again and again. And I think we can sometimes have an image of painting freely and authentically and joyfully and having these incredible paintings turn out and show up and and we're in some sort of transcendent dimension. And that transcendent dimension is, is available and possible, but it doesn't happen without the other side. In other words, it doesn't happen without us really getting our teeth into and getting curious about the reactions that we have at the interface because the reactions want to turn us back. They want to bring us back to what's comfortable, of course. And so we will judge uh, whatever shows up as being, it's like grade school, you know, it's, like, it's so undeveloped, you know, I'm so, I lack so much talent. I'd, maybe I should take an art class before I t- attempt this again. We think it's cartoonish, or trite, or cliché. There's a whole repertoire of ways in which we can react and somehow harden around the new that's shown up. So the painting is really a kind of practice of playing at the interface. And it's like training wheels in a certain way, because the thing about learning how to ride a bike with training wheels is you can't fall very far. You start to tip and whoop there you are. You're still you're still up. And painting in a little bit is like that because you can't fall very far, right? I mean it's just a painting. It's just a piece of paper with color. So what can happen? You end up not liking it. Big deal. But the ramifications of learning to engage that which we find unacceptable and to begin to have an insight into the fact that no it's actually the new it's actually that potential which exists beyond this little self this little sense of familiarity that I want to protect and I begin to get curious about that which is shown up that I'm being so hard about so hard on and that very action that sort of the birth of that curiosity and the and the softening around our relationship to what is new is something quite profound because painting is not separate from life it's not as though that interface doesn't exist outside of painting i mean it exists every moment and life does not unfold according to our dictates there's a there's a bigger picture as we know sometimes in a very frustrating way and so what does it mean to be curious around the arising of something that's really new, that we might first want to reject in our lives as well as in painting? So that's why I say the painting process is a little bit like training wheels, because it really gives us an opportunity to to feel like we're free to explore some of these dimensions without worrying too much we can really allow perhaps uncomfortable imagery or clashing colors, or sometimes the painting looks dark and black and ugly or chaotic. Sometimes it's extremely sexual or it's it's got weird people in it, and it, maybe it's violent even. I mean, blood and guts show up in painting process. These are very powerful archetypes. These are collective imagery that we all carry within us and i think there's often a, a sense that we don't want to identify ourselves with those in other words that if we painted something that was shocking in some fashion to ourselves or to other people that we can actually be superstitious about it and think we're going to make it happen which is which is rather silly But we're also worried about what it might mean about us. That if we were to paint something dark, then I'm a dark person. If I paint something violent, then of course it means that I have violent tendencies. And so, this is the little self protecting itself. These sorts of judgments and fears are ones in which we can begin to, to relax around and to explore, become curious about in the painting process. And when those sorts of images and colors and feelings in the painting show up, it's a knock on the door. It's actually saying, hey, relax here a bit. There's energy here. What if you followed the energy? What if you dared to let this unfold even more? And so one of my favorite questions, of course, at that point would be, well, what if there was too much? When somebody's doing, if they've done a little, a few drops of blood or maybe a few tears and And they're afraid to do more because what it might mean. And I'll say, how many? What if they got out of control? And it's interesting what happens at that moment because it's almost as though I can see the shoulders drop. The whole psyche relaxes at that possibility of the permission to actually follow that energy and not worry about what it means and what other people might think and, oh my God, the interpretation. None of that. There's something bigger at foot here. There's something bigger at play. This is the new presenting itself. This is something, if we dare to follow it, it's not at all what we think it is. We might find that there's a flood of tears and they're pouring down to the bottom of the painting and then there's a river of tears and the river is flowing into an ocean of tears and personally we're a little afraid of this we think uh oh you know i'm going to get depressed i don't want you know, what's this sadness about well, i don't think of myself as a sad person but no if you dare to follow that river of tears for example it leads you to a place that's totally unexpected it's not at all what you thought it was another insight shows up Another feeling that is often quite expansive and where you feel very connected. And it's not denying the the feelings around the tears and the sadness, but it's much bigger. And often it's a much more profound encompassing of an aspect of your life. So these things that arise that we, on our first knee-jerk reaction would be to get rid of or to cover up, have a potential in them. And they're not going to go away. They're there. They're with us, they're in our life. And so I guess the question is, are you curious? Is there a curiosity around seeing them in a new way and seeing the potential that they
0: actually carry? You can learn more about the painting experience and find a list of upcoming process painting workshops by visiting our website at www.processarts.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. The theme music for this podcast comes from Stefan Jacob. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join us again soon.